Hey everyone, it's Jackie from Canada from a series of Horrors podcast. Are you looking for a way to support our show or have a product or brand you're looking to promote? Contact us at seriesofhorrors at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at seriesofhorrorspodcast and you can hear your ad here. Hello and welcome to a series of Horrors podcast. I'm Jackie from Canada. And I am Jeff from America. And today we are back with Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. Yes, perhaps the worst one we've seen yet. Um, <laughs> Minus the last 10 minutes. <laughs> the last 10 minutes really kicked this movie up. Is it worse than the second one? I don't know. I mean, to me, nothing happened in this movie until the last 20 minutes. Because none of it was creepy until the like, last 20 minutes. And even then, I wasn't creeped out by it. Dumb kids doing dumb shit. Yeah, like I wasn't creeped out by the last 20 minutes. The last 20 minutes, I was like, this is cool. <laughs> they actually pulled me up the last 20 minutes or 15 or whatever it was. Then they're moving around shooting people in the chest with shotguns, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it like, just got super intense all at once. And you said you had to rewind and watch the last 10 minutes again. But with my watching abilities or the way that I go about watching things, I just paused all the time. So I was able to follow all the crazy jumps that happened in the last 10 minutes but I could definitely see a person watching that for the first time and going how did they get from A to B to C what? Because I'm basically half asleep watching this movie the whole movie I'm barely awake and then all of a sudden I'm like wait stuff this is great hold on all of good things happening now when we're done in 5 minutes okay. You know what this reminds me of? Saw 2 because remember how I told you when I first saw Saw 2 I was watching and I'm like this is a shittier version of the first movie I don't like it. These traps are not as interesting. There are barely any traps, whatever. And like then when I was in the movie theater, they do the twist. And I was like, oh, okay. I like the twist. So then the movie gets a meh from me because the twist was good at that. <laughs> that was like this movie, but... I don't know yeah. if the last 10 minutes could save it. Yeah, yeah, I don't even think it could get a meh for me. I'm like, oh, good job for the ending you didn't earn. All right, this is great. Yeah, I I don't know. but These people. Uh, all right, we have one more to go. We have one, more to go. <laughs> one more to go after this. Yes, we just got to get through this one, then one more. But this is the most movie one of them all. Yeah, I agree there. It was less of like the voyeurism of being like, I'm watching somebody's home videos and more of like, this is a found footage film. Yeah, because yeah, it even has a Paramount logo to begin with, unlike the, mm-hmm. any of the other movies. They really movie this one up, and it felt like it, you know, you could tell. Like you could, and there's recognizable actors in this one, or I recognize one person. Who? It's because he was in another horror movie I saw. Carlos, what was the guy's name that, uh, the friend that kills the witch? His brother. Oscar? Oscar. Oscar or the brother, the older brother? The, his older brother is who I recognize. Oh, a Toro. Yes. Oh, that was his name. All right, I was like, the guy, the <laughs> the gang guy, because of course they're in California, so of course they're in a gang. Yes, of course. Well, they do a lot of stupid gang stuff throughout this movie to be like, yeah, we're, we're in a bad neighborhood. There's a whole lot of gangs. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this has nothing to do with it. Like, you remember the first four movies, how there were all these nice houses and these rich people getting haunted? No, poor people get haunted too. See, look, ta-da. <sighs> oh. The demon doesn't just like good neighborhoods. You know, there's... Not only white folks get haunted. <laughs> no, demons are equal opportunity. They'll haunt a person anybody. They don't care where you live. You know, good neighborhood, bad neighborhood. They're really open-minded that way. Are you, I guess you could say Toby's very woke. <gasps> Oh, so the scariest thing about this movie for me, my watching experience 
was I discovered that there are pigeons living in my roof. <laughs> I just kept on hearing weird thumping noises and like moving above my head. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Toby, is that you? <laughs> yeah, Toby. And were the two little girls Katie and Christy? Yeah, I, that's what I wrote down because they were with Grandma Lois. So I think that it was. Okay. It was a blink and you miss them. But I was like, Katie, Christy, baby, Christy, my, I'm your friend. Hi, no one likes you. It truly was a blink and you miss them. Like they are on screen for maybe a second and then he slams the door shut. So I had to remind it twice to be like, can you tell who it is? I'm like, no, you can't because they're also cast in a shadow. In a dark basement with black eyes. Oh, that one. I think that was them as well, but I didn't remind that one. Oh, they showed up another time before? Was I asleep? Maybe I nap. They showed up on the front step of the grandma's house when Hector's trying to escape. I might actually blink and miss it then. It was like one second, if even. And everyone, just in case, me and Jackie actually watched the same version this time. Yes, we did. <laughs> there's not going to be any of me saying, but wait, what about when this, this, and this happened? You're like, I didn't see that. I'm like, I did. <laughs> Hold on. Although, like, at least... Because like we when we watched the Saw series, we both made sure that we were watching the director's cut of each one. And then I had to look up what was different about Mm -hmm. the director's cut. So at least that way, like we kind of had a experienced idea of what was in the director's cut and what wasn't. Yeah. I'm like, wait, this, it was very cool how they set this, this, and this up in this scene. You're like, what scene? Remember? They were trick-or-treating <laughs> in the beginning, and he shows up, and they go to a party. That didn't happen. I swear it happened. Hey, hold on. Did I watch? What's going on here? <laughs> really? I'm just, like, gaslighting you, and I did watch the same <laughs> <laughs> No, you're really like, that never happened, Jeff. What are you talking about? These aren't the droids you're looking for. Like, no, this isn't, um, this isn't going on <laughs> at all. Nothing you saw happened here. Oh, man. I swear I did. Hold on. And this one the, is 20 minutes longer than the theatrical cut. Yes, which I was disappointed that I had to watch the director's cut. <laughs> I, like, I, I could have missed out on 20 minutes and been perfectly fine. <laughs> Probably, because then I looked up the differences and the ending was intact. So I really didn't need that for 20 minutes. <laughs> we miss very, we miss him um, buying the camera in the pawn shop. We miss like little things like that. Nothing really of note. I think there's a, maybe a thing in the in the old lady's apartment. That they shouldn't be mm-hmm. going into. That we got an extra one or two of those. Oh, Lordy, Lord. Oh, and the whole Deathly Hallows mirror mirror thing we didn't get. We wouldn't have gotten the theatrical cut. I think oh. that whole thing, that whole thing in the church. I think that was that was just for us. Oh, huh. I, I thought like you you need that to set up the movie. But okay, whatever. <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's let's all right. So as Jeff already mentioned, this is the, this is the first film that actually starts with the Paramount logo as opposed to some text on a screen. We go from the logo into a high school graduation and the valedictorian giving a speech. We got a Chiron that says Oxnard, California, June twelfth, twenty twelve. We then get introduced to Jesse and his family and friends. Uh, They also briefly introduce us to Oscar, who was the valedictorian. Then at Jesse's apartment building, they're having a really large graduation party that's going throughout the whole entire complex, really. We do get a short reveal that Jesse's mom is dead. His sister says, like, she would have been proud of you. Okay, cool. Uh, (laughs) We uh, also get the introduction to the crazy neighbor named Anna. Her windows are covered up with newspaper. She is not part of this party. Jesse starts explaining to his friends that his dad's room has a connecting vent. And I'm like, wait, his dad's room? Later when they give us the tour, isn't that Jesse's room? They they share a room. Yeah. So it's like, why do you specify your dad's room? Why? Because it's beside his bed? Like, it's still your room. No, but see, when you when they draw the curtain, that's like a wall. So <laughs> it's a soundproof wall. Right. Got it. <laughs> exactly. When they draw the curtain, 
That's dad's room. This is my room over here. I just have to walk through dad's room to get out of the room, but that's neither here nor there. And that apartment looked big enough to have another bedroom for Jesse. Just saying. Yeah, but like apparently the grandma was sharing a bedroom with the sister too because there were two beds in her room. I thought the sister lived somewhere else. Oh, well, there were two beds in the grandma's room. So either the bed was for Chavo or it was for the sister. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was for Chavo. Chavo deserves a bed. Chavo deserves everything. Chavo's the dog, by the way. And I think Chavo survives the movie. He does get a little bit of torture in the, in the little parts. Nothing bad. I was very unhappy about that. But anyways, okay. But so was Hector. Yes. Hector was very not having it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse's explained to his friends that his dad has a connecting vent in his room that connects to Anna's room. And in the middle of the night, they'll hear wailing and moaning. We then cut to Jesse deciding to buy his own camera from a pawn shop. This is one of those scenes that's just in the director's cut. And then once he has his camera, Jesse decides to give us a brief tour of of the building where he lives. He points out his best friend Hector lives in like just across the hall from him pretty much. Points out that crazy Anna lives directly underneath Jesse's apartment. He says that she covers her windows with newspapers so no one can see what she's doing. Yeah, and it's just like the house in part Four, part three, part four, like uh, Katie's house, Christie's house, Katie. Yeah, Katie. I guess she did have a newspaper all over her window too, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and why does this house where where Jesse and his family reminds me of the house that uh, Daniel lives in in the Karate Kid? <laughs> it, it's one of those stereotypical like California low income housing places. Like if you watched the TV series You in season two, he ends up living in a very similar looking place. It's just a thing. I swear the laundry room was like the exact same laundry room in you. Maybe it was the same apartment. Maybe. Maybe it was the same complex. They just used it for you. And the karate kid part one. Screw it. They had a different cart- courtyard in <laughs> you, but otherwise, very similar. I think the karate kid courtyard might have been a little bit bigger, but not really much. It looked about the same. Okay. Revealing facts. I have never seen the karate kid. Jesus Christ, Jackie. Uh, karate kid <laughs> cast. Let's go. That's it. You're making me watch Harry Potter and what was the other one that I saw that I wanted to ignore that was on our Facebook group? Oh, yeah. A whole bunch of Buffy. Listen. <laughs> Oi. Buffy is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw... I saw the Buffy thing in the in the Facebook group. I was like, oh, Buffy, really? I'm like, yes. I need to come up with stuff to make Jackie watch. It's over. That's it. I think of something. <laughs> I completely agree with, I think it's Michael. <laughs> yeah, Michael, yeah. Yeah, we, we need to watch Buffy. That is a thing. <laughs> it's going to happen. Maybe like a special Jackie's birthday episode in July. <laughs> Doing it. <laughs> This is just this is so much Buffy. This is like what six, seven seasons, something like that. Yes, but we'll just make you watch the one. Like, there's one episode that is famous because basically, um, they told Joss Whedon. Singing. That, I saw that one. I saw the singing. The one. singing one, yes. But okay, so they told Joss Whedon that the only reason that Buffy was so good and whatever was that the witty dialogue. That's the only thing it had going for it. Otherwise. He like it wasn't good storytelling. It wasn't good anything. So he decided to write an episode where they all lose their voices so they can't talk. And it's one of the best episodes ever. And then after that, they said, oh, the reason that that episode was so good was because the musical score was so amazing. So then he wrote another episode without a musical score at all. There's no music in the entire episode. And that's my favorite episode of Buffy. And then there's once more with feeling where he was like, now let's write all the music, <laughs> which you've seen. That one I was saying, yeah. Some of the Buffy, there's Harry Potter now. I need to, need to compile the Jeff things, the Jeff list for Jackie. So I add Karate Kid to it. But Karate Kid's actually good. Well, I guess Buffy's okay. So I'm not going to be mad about me. I guess they're a Harry Potter fan, so I can't say that bad. Exactly. As I've already said about the Harry Potter movies, first two are good. Third one's okay. 
than the rest of them. I actually fell asleep in the theater for Order of the Phoenix, and I liked that book, but the movie version was terrible. So was uh, the Half-Blood Prince. They were just really boring movies. <laughs> and then the last two were good. Well, I saw the last two. So if, if we, when we watched them, we could skip the last two. I saw them. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You have to watch them after watching all the other ones so that you can understand the last two movies more. And then you also have to watch it with me, who's going to be like, now, let me explain these things to you from the book series. Okay, so what we can do for these, we could do one of those watch-along things or like we'll queue it up and we'll just talk through it all and I could be like, what's, what's this mean? What's going on with this? Why is this going on? Excellent. I, I'm down. We'll do a live stream. <laughs> yes. Why this girl... That was once uh, one person is now somebody different. Or why they change actresses? I think of stuff. You know, hey, is that the guy from Percy Jackson? I just, I just say things. <laughs> Sounds good. I, I am completely down for this. <laughs> uh, just saying. Less down for the Karate Kid, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, come, we need to even these up. <laughs> fine, fine. Is, I don't even know if I want to watch. Even though I love the Karate Kid one and two, really good. Three. Yeah, Do you watch Cobra good. Kai? I have seen the first season, and it was amazing. Yeah. But that's all I watched. That's... I watched the next two seasons, but the first season is really, really, really good. That is what people tell me, but I'm like, I never watched the Karate Kid, and all I know about the Karate Kid, other than wax on, wax off, is that Johnny from The Outsiders. <laughs> he was. He was Johnny. That was Matt, Ralph Mike. He wasn't like Pony Boy or something. Uh, no, he was Johnny. I can't remember. Like I saw that movie such a long time ago. I love that movie. I watch it like once a year. I didn't know that was a movie until like my seventh grade teacher made us read the book in class. And then after that was when I knew it was a movie. That's usually very typical. I actually watched the movie long before then because it used to play on TV every once in a while. And I grew up obsessed with Grease. So then when I saw that there was another movie that had Greasers, I was like, oh, I need to watch this. Mom tried to get me to watch Grease as a child because she loved it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't sit through it. Couldn't finish it. My it first me. record was the soundtrack to Grease and I would play it on my Strawberry Shortcake record player and dance around my basement as i got older it was like now i take all my mom's old beatles records and she's like what no no i want those i don't know if i should say this mm. i don't get it i don't get why the beatles are popular i don't get it like i hear the music i'm like eh, i don't you're see one it. of many um there are certain songs that i think are great um there's a lot of songs that are just catchy but i think that it's really just like the teen girl mania that catapulted them and there's there is some artistry there i will admit and there's some songs that are, hmm? oh, yeah because i'm not gonna say oh that, the beatles are terrible like oh but i'm like okay i hear them all right, that's not bad but i'm not like i don't mm -hmm. get why the the fever why the, the intense like duration for for them like the the pedestal they're on i'm just like all right it's not bad it's all right <laughs> I, I grew up on the Beatles, so I very much love them. Um, but at the exact same time, I will more likely listen to the Across the Universe soundtrack with the actors singing the songs than the actual songs that the Beatles sing, <laughs> because I think that they did it better. <laughs> Blasphemy, I know. Mom, please don't listen. <laughs> Oh, Jeff, we've gotten way off topic again. We should probably try to get back to this horrible movie. <laughs> okay, I get if we have to. I, I guess if we have to, you know, whatever. Okay, so Jesse's giving us a tour of inside of his apartment and we meet his very cute dog, Chavo. His abuela is using a shake weight while she is praying. And I loved it so much. Yeah, that, that scene dated this movie immediately. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I just, I remember the shake weight commercial. <laughs> I went to Florida um, when, like, it was at the height of popularity, the Shake Way. And you didn't visit me. Uh, I'm sorry, we hadn't met yet, but I was right in your neighborhood. 
<laughs> I don't want to hear these excuses. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was at my cousin's house, so we're watching TV, and the Shake Weight commercial comes on. It's these just big, beefy guys, and they're using the Shake Weight, which makes it look like you're jacking off a dick, and they're just like groaning as they're doing it. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> It's so wrong, but so funny. They had to have known when they made the thing that you would have to think that, right? There was no... <laughs> you would think so, but... Yeah, they just been caught off guard by this and be like, oh, wait, people are saying this about our shake weight? That can't be. That had to be known, right? I would, like, guarantee you that a lot of young gay men... <laughs> We're very into those commercials <laughs> growing up. Yeah, my L was the, I was I grew up in Thigh Master two times. That's when. <laughs> Jeff, why are you so obsessed with the Thigh Master uh, commercials? Oh, I just I really want some nice thighs. Okay, we then see Hector Jesse like finds him in the street. He's like a sign spinner. He's humping the sign because of course he is. Because <laughs> of course he is. And then he comes over to check out Jesse's camera. He starts filming some gang members that are getting into a car and they come running across the street and harass them for filming them and then they run which makes sense because if you're doing illegal activity you don't want somebody randomly recording you so yeah exactly we then see that jesse rigs up a laundry basket with a gopro and convinces hector to ride it down the stairs which why they were it was a metal staircase landing in cement what do you think is gonna happen exactly what does happen (laughs) (laughs) so he has a gopro but he still goes to punch up pick up another camera and the gopro doesn't show up that often in this movie considering he already has one yeah the gopro shows up twice both for very stupid reasons, boys. Anyways, uh, they then hear screaming coming from Anna's apartment and they see that Oscar runs out of the apartment. They then are back at Jesse's apartment and they're doing tequila shots with Abuela and then they hear some weird noises from Anna's apartment again. It sounds like moaning and then screaming. So they decide that they're going to fish the GoPro through the vents to spy on her. They hook up the GoPro to the H- and like with an HDMI cord to the TV so that they have a live feed. When they fish it down, they see that there is a naked woman standing in Anna's apartment. And as they're like filming this, Abuela comes in and then they have to like chase her out of the room so she doesn't see the naked lady on TV. And I think she did see it because she starts screaming. Oh, yeah, she does see it. She says, you guys are watching dirty movies in here. What's wrong with you guys? Blah, 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 blah. So she does see it. And Hector acts like he's never seen a naked woman before. Not even like on TV. Exactly. Because it's not like anything pornographic is happening with the woman. She's just literally standing there staring off into space and naked. And he's just like, oh, man, like. This is the best day of my life. life. Yeah. Like, really? From that, I think we can determine that Hector's a virgin. <laughs> but anyways. And then Anna steps into frame and she's naked too. And then Hector starts body shaming her and saying how it made him lose his boner and like all this stuff and to that i say fuck you hector everybody is beautiful don't you be critical <laughs> but hector's like 17 or 18 and an idiot as we find out through the rest of the movie so of course so I'm okay so see this i have one of two assumptions about hector one mm-hmm. is he's a high school dropout because he asks jesse is that the kid from your school when oscar goes running out of the apartment So clearly he doesn't go to school. So either he's a dropout or he's older than Jesse, which could explain why he's doing shots with Abuela and she's not like, why the fuck are you drinking? Oh, no, no, it's Spanish culture because they were giving uh, Jesse shots at his graduation party earlier. Yeah, but that was like for graduation. This is just like on a weeknight. No, they're fine. It's okay. (laughs) 
But anyways, so uh, either he's a dropout or he is older. That's Those are my two assumptions. Yeah, he's just being a jerk about Anna being ugly. And then he says that she's finger painting on the naked woman. And as they're loudly talking about all of this, Anna turns and then they have to like pull up the camera because they're worried that she heard them. She puts the Deathly Hallow symbol on the naked girl stuff. Uh, I really noticed this time because of the cover art for this movie where he's holding like a metal Deathly Hallows symbol and it really is like my friend used to have the Deathly Hallows necklace and it's that with a stick just missing from the center. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, like they're really leaning into this and Harry Potter was out. The movies were out when this came out. It's not even like the movies weren't out yet so maybe you didn't know exactly what the symbol was about or nothing. But these were very popular movies even though I don't want to see them. Yeah. These symbols were out and public and already tattooed and that necklace already existed because I'm sure they went to Hot Topic and bought it. Why are they they're still leaning hardcore into this Deathly Hallows thing? Yeah, I, I truly do not know, but they do. Hector says that maybe uh, Abuela is right and that that bitch is a bruja, which means witch. Means witch. Means witch, yeah. We then cut to them joking around with them, Chavo in the laundry room making him dance and it's really cute. And then Chavo, gets, cute. Yeah, Chavo gets all growly and mad at Hector because I would too. <laughs> Even though I really I don't care about Hector, but I really dislike Jesse. So movie. I didn't like anyone in this movie. Like, well, I didn't hate Marisol. But she's dumb, man. Like, I was... I was just mad at her all the time for being so stupid. So, yeah, yeah I only like the abuela. She's I, she's good. I love her. She's very sweet. <laughs> she makes me laugh. The reason for not liking her, I have nothing to do with her. So, yeah. <laughs> They're then telling Marisol what they saw. So Marisol is their female friend and companion. She was introduced briefly at the party, but like it was just like a pointless cutaway scene that meant nothing. No, I think it meant, it, I think that was to, to clue you in that she's important because uh, Jay's like, oh, why didn't you come to my graduation? And she's like, I couldn't get off work. I couldn't go. And she never goes to work ever again in this movie. But that's, she's always around from from here on out. So she never, she's never at work ever again. But it's like, oh, she's their friend. Or that's like, if you say that, it's like, oh, that's a girl you want to you like or you want to get closer to or something. Like, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't pan out that way in this movie. No. But anyways, they're telling uh, her what they saw. They say that they saw Anna drawing a symbol right on the girl. They think it was blood or at least it was like something red. And then it looked like a ritual. Hector's theorizing that maybe Anna's a pimp running a whorehouse, quote unquote. And Jesse dismisses this and mentions that there was like this pregnant lady that like was over there that looked like she was about to pop. Then he's saying that like people say that Anna's a witch. Now, like maybe he believes it. He mentions that Oscar was there. Marisol asks how Oscar knows Anna. Jesse says that he doesn't know. We then cut to Jesse convincing a kid to go and knock on Anna's door. He's knocking on the door very loudly and he screams bruja. And then Anna shows up right behind them and she starts whacking them and yelling in Spanish, which there's a lot of Spanish in this movie with no subtitles. And as someone who does not speak the language, I was like, uh, I don't know what's happening. And as someone does, you're not missing much. <laughs> she's just yelling like, like, get out of here, blah, blah, annoying brats, you know, which she's right. They had like, they're just doing this because they're bad people, like Jesse and Hector. Like, let me not bad people. Just like, what, what was the point of it? Yeah, exactly. So they like run away upstairs, like, from her 
And then she's yelling at them like up the stairs and she says that Jesse doesn't know what's going to happen to him. And they're both just like laughing hysterically because they think that they're so funny. Because they are apparently. So funny. Ha 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 um on top of the garbage can that not garbage can the dumpster that's behind hector and scares the shit out of him and then he like books it off into the street and the firecracker goes off too then we see that there are tons of cops that show up and they tell them to go inside and to stop filming they start discussing as they're inside that oscar jumped from anna's apartment and then they see anna being taken out in a body bag by the cops oscar killed anna and we don't know why Mm mm-hmm Then the next day, Jesse, Marisol, and Hector are wondering why Oscar went from the valedictorian to killing Anna. (laughs) And then uh, they say that his brother is the head of the gang 805. They then cut to them smoking weed in Jesse's apartment, which I'm just like, really? This is not like your apartment. This is your grandma's apartment. Show some respect. (laughs) Smoking weed next to a window while Hector sprays him down with Lysol the whole time ridiculous anyways they start tripping out as apparently like this is some really good weed that has them actually tripping and they're talking about uh oscar and then they decide that they need to go down to anna's apartment and check it out for literally no reason no reason at all they go down and clearly the door is locked but then they are like hmm there is a window we can probably get in so they do they break in through the window and then they proceed to touch absolutely everything in this apartment. It was probably a crime scene. It is a crime scene. Like, it's just so ridiculous. They're touching absolutely everything. There's a stupid jump scare with the shower, basically. Like, Jesse tells Hector to go check behind the curtain because they hear something. And then, like, Hector just, like, rustles the curtain and, like, scares Jesse. It's dumb. Then they hear a baby crying and then they go into a room and find a nursery and there's a doll in the crib. Then they find a whole bunch of medical tools as well. They open up the closet and they find the tapes from Paranormal Activity 3. So now we know that when we were, when we were watching Paranormal Activity 3, we thought, it, we thought we were in Bejewel's house. We were in Anna's house. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think that her and Bejewel were like hanging out, watching it together. That like Bejewel was setting up the server. Anna was just like doing the witchcraft, you know? As far as there is no reason for this for the tapes to even be there. Yeah, no, they never go back to it. It's just like, oh, they are there. I thought they were going to take the tapes and watch them, maybe, so we could see what we saw in part three or something. But no, yeah. they're like, oh, this, what the hell is this? Katie, Christy, what the hell? And then they walk away, never, <laughs> never be referenced. Might as well should have a big wink to the audience at the mm-hmm. same time when he said these things and then walked away. And for the record, none of those tapes were titled with Christy's name on it. I checked. So they are fucking liars when they said Christy. Mm, mm. Yeah, because no one cares about Christy but me. I'm the only one that cares about Christy. Nobody else does. The unloved baby child somehow. Uh, They then find the scene of the murder. There's blood everywhere. There is a vive written on the wall, which means live. They And they find a journal that's like on the floor. This is what makes me think that this is an active crime scene because this journal would have been taken from the literal room that she was murdered in. By the cops. Yeah. By the cops as evidence if they had properly secured the crime scene and taken all the evidence they wanted. So now these idiots have left their fingerprints and DNA all over the apartment. And took evidence. And took evidence. God, these guys. Yeah, they're idiots. Then yeah. uh, we got 
got a jump scare because right behind Hector is Oscar's older brother. And he's saying that his little brother didn't have anything to do with killing Anna. And then says, what about that bitch that used to stay here? You know about her? And they're like, no, we don't know anything. And literally run. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think that would have worked at that point. But no, (laughs) it's just ridiculous. They're running upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going that far. Oh, Lord. Okay. We then cut to them going through the journal uh, with Marisol. And there's pictures of, of Katie, Christy, and Julie in it. And there's tons of pentagrams written all over it because, you know, it's spooky shit. Then there's like these super detailed pages with like these drawings and like spells and whatever. At first, I didn't realize that they were pages taken from a book and I thought they were written straight into this notebook. And I'm like, so Anna's like a fucking artist as well. I'm so confused. And then I realized they were pages from a book that were just like pasted into this book, which makes more sense. Does it though? Like where'd she get the book from? If she had the book, why'd she have to rip the page out of that book to put it into this book? If she's like a witch of the coven, apparently, which gets a name later. It does. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe she needs to take extensive notes. And since they were such detailed uh, pages that were like fully drawn on, there was no room to take notes in the margins. <laughs> she had to rip them out and put them in a notebook. And I think she got the book from Mika. <laughs> Sure. No, no, it was, no. She might. She might. She might have got it from part Randy. three. Randy, yes. <laughs> Randy yes. brought her the books from the library. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Not like Randy was going to need them. So here we go. So. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, yo, Dennis didn't read these fucking books. So Anna, please read the books. <laughs> <laughs> and Mika's books would have been all colored in and stuff. That's true. And I can only assume if Mika was the one coloring in, then like the coloring would not be within the lines and it would be an utter mess. Total total messed up. Yeah. You would like use just like all the wrong colors that like don't make sense to be there. It would be like a tree that is blue and you're like, no. Okay. Uh, Jesse says that one of the pages says, if you build this door, you can travel through time, uh, but it's only to unholy places that you can travel. And Hector says, what's an unholy place? I'm trying to get to Marisol's friend, Marisol's friend SB's unholy place, if you know what I'm saying. And <laughs> this is where I think we find out who Marisol is because Jesse like looks at him dumbfounded and it's pointing to Marisol and it's like, that's your cousin. So I think Marisol is Hector's cousin. Yeah, but like he didn't want to, he wasn't saying he wanted Marisol. Like it was like Marisol's I friend. think it was more so like you're saying this in front of your cousin. Yeah, maybe, I guess. It makes sense why Marisol will be around Hector alone like that because he is annoying. I mean, she's annoying. Yep. <laughs> Marisol's saying that the pages look like they're medieval and one of them is the map. From the illustrations, they notice that the Deathly Hallows symbol is painted on one of the person's bellies. And they're like, that's the same symbol Anna painted onto the naked woman's belly. Ooh, best day of Hector's life. Then Marisol says that maybe this was the ritual that she was doing to her. They're, they say some Spanish word, and then they explain that it means like a demon. We cut to Marisol spray painting a mirror black. She says that it's supposed to be a doorway, like a portal to the spirit world. She knows this because she looked it up. She went on the GeoCities website like um, Katie did in part one. Exactly. And she found out this information. Um, and why are you ruining this mirror? Like, don't you guys need this mirror? Yeah, I'm like, aren't they like generally poor? Where are they getting the money for spray paint and a mirror and they're just going to ruin the fucking mirror. I've... I mean, they most likely stole it from Anna's apartment because they they hang out in there more than in their own houses. Yeah, that, that is quite the possibility. Hector's saying that Abuela had said that they shouldn't be fucking with that kind of shit. I have a note that I'm like, I think Jeff would agree, but I'm yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> All that Abuela is right. You have no reason to be doing this. Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Paint the b- mirror black. Let's try this shit. <laughs> 
they go they, they go headstrong to their to their doom. See, Jackie, you, you should you watch these movies as cautionary tales. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> not be so game to do this stuff, you know, because look at what happens to these people. Hey, I'm not the one that actually does it. I just like chirp on other people and make them do it and then like stand by and watch them do it. <laughs> That's what yeah. I do. Because <laughs> I'm like, look, look what happens to these people. They find a derelict church to do a, to do a seance or whatever and reading passages. But haven't they seen any movies? You don't read passages out of some random book, especially when you know what they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like Xander and Buffy where he's just like you can't just read a spell and expect it to happen and he's just like Libra in Flammo or something like that and the like book like sets on fire in front of him and Giles is like don't speak Latin in front of the book Xander. <laughs> Anyways we cut to nighttime they break into a church like Jeff said and then they decide to tape out the Deathly Hallows symbol with duct tape in the middle of the church and then they put the mir- mirror in the middle of the symbol and then they start reading out the ritual words to open a portal but nothing happens so Hector gets bored and leaves which like fair that would be me I'm like nothing's happening I have better things to do with my life bye but he doesn't have better things to do ever so I mean he's gonna like rewatch that GoPro footage just on repeat I think <laughs> well it is the best day of his life he does want to read this only fair yep. Jesse is saying to Marisol like they're having like this conversation he's like you're never gonna guess who like and i'm like they cut it off and i'm like but who what what is this about i need to know i thought that was him him talking about like he likes a girl and it was gonna be her yeah exactly i'm like is that what this is because like you gotta let me know but no we never find out we never find out and we never even come back to this never because instead they hear some thudding and they're like hmm is that hector let's go and investigate so they just start walking all throughout the church go into the church basement they hear scraping and thudding noises and then they start searching the men's bathroom and they're opening each stall one by one until one of the stall doors won't open so then jesse checks underneath and there's no one in the stall at all so they turn around to leave and then they hear a bang on the door they turn back to the door and then it starts like banging and moving really fast so they're like ah fuck the shit and like run they leave all their stuff behind because they're too scared to go back and that's it which i guess is fine they just left like a freaking casting circle well triangle on the floor of the church and is the church actually abandoned or i thought it was abandoned run down because like if it's not abandoned then the churchgoers are going to come in in the morning and be like what What's going on here? This isn't good. And we're in the book. Well, they don't show us what is in the book. Did the book say they had to go to a church to do this ritual? Because, uh, no, because th- there was a throwaway line where they're like, let's do it at your house, Jesse. And he's like, no, my abuela won't let us do it. Hector, let's go to your house. He's like, no, I live with like a million people. So then they're like, uh, oh, let's go to the church. This abandoned derelict church that is in our neighborhood. Yep. Because that seems like a good idea. <laughs> So all the Buffy references today, but um, okay, uh, in Kingston, there are so many churches. So on my ghost tour that I give, whenever we're like passing like all these churches along the way, people always end up asking me, why are there so many churches in Kingston? And then I refer to Buffy and I'm like, well, we're on an actual hell mouth. So, you know, they try to offset the things. Hey, I know what a hell mouth is. I think I read that or I saw a video where they talk about those things. So I actually kind of know what that is. And, yeah. and even the video I saw said it's weird. There's one in Hill Valley or wherever it is, Bayside. Wherever it is that they live. Sunnydale. I was close enough. <laughs> I really want, there's like a Sunnydale athletic shirt 
on Etsy, and I really want to buy it one day. You should get it because those things are kind of cool. I always like those shirts. Yeah. They're like they're like swag from like an actual place that doesn't exist. Yeah, I I really like random T-shirts and mugs. So like, you know how you want to pay Jeff to like do things. If you just want to send me mugs or T-shirts, <laughs> feel free to do that. I would rather you want to send me mugs and things and T-shirts. That'd be great. Then <laughs> they'll all be Harry Potter paraphernalia. <laughs> That's fine. I drink coffee. It's, it's cool. I'll send it to you, Jackie. You'll be like, here. My second favorite coffee cup is a serious black mugshot cup. I really love it. Oh, mine is um, my RoboCop one. It's called RoboCup. It's great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I got to send you a picture of it. Of my RoboCop coffee mug. You got to post it to the Facebook group. <laughs> my RoboCop coffee mug? My yeah. RoboCup? Yeah. So great. <laughs> All right. We cut to the next day. Hector draws a dick on Jesse's face before waking him up, which really reminded me of t- things I hate about you. But anyways... Jesse then explains that he had a crazy dream where he was on a farm with all these women and Hector's like, hmm, that sounds like a great dream. <laughs> Jesse's like, no, they were all old, like really, really old. I think that was like him, the possession thing, right? I mean, that's, that's going to be my guess. Yeah, I, th- I don't think it was a farm. I think it was the house that they end up at the end and he just thought it was a farm because like they had stables there, right? Yeah, that was the the uh, Katie and Chrissy's mom's house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, not their mom, their grandma's. Grandma Lois's house. It's all making sense now. Okay. It's not, but yes. <laughs> I'm still gonna say yes. Jesse gets out of bed and Hector notices that there's blood on his sheets and then Jesse finds a bite mark on his arm. Chavo the dog is growling at Jesse and then when Jesse tries to approach him, he runs away. Jesse's sister then comes in and tells Jesse that he has a dick on his face. And he's just like, Hector, you asshole. And I'm like, Hector, you brilliant genius in this one instance. That one part. Finally, you did one You did one, one good thing. One good thing. And it was drawing a dick on someone's face. We cut to Jesse, Hector and Marisol having a games night. They're playing with a game that I had to Google and find out it's called Simon. Very popular game in the 70s and 80s, apparently. But I'm too young. Yes, I had a portable version of Simon. Excellent. I think this was a portable version. No, that was the real version. And mine was actually oh. smaller than that. It was like, it looked, imagine on... Um, um, something it was like Game Boy size. Interesting. Yes. So I found out that the point of this game is that it's a device that creates a series of tones and lights and requires the user to repeat the same sequence. It's a memory game, so you know it's red blue. Then you go doo doo, and then if you got it wrong, it gave, gave you an ugly buzzer, and you would be mad. So Jesse's talking up that he's the master of playing this game. But then, like, when he grabs it to try and start doing it, the game won't work for him. He then says, are you going to work or not? And it lights up green. Then it stops working again. So then Joe Healy had asked if it thinks that Hector is stupid, and that's why it stopped working. And it lights up green again. Well, Hector is stupid, so I guess it's right there. It's right. (laughs) Then Jesse asked, is Jesse handsome? It turns green. Marisol Ooh. says to ask it something they know is not true to see if it's just having like a malfunction with the green button. They say, is Hector black? It turns red. Am I holding the Ace of Hearts while he's holding the Ace of Hearts card? It turns green. Then they ask it something in Spanish in front of Abuela. Do you know what they asked? I did at the time, but now I don't remember. It was something stupid. It was probably something was... stupid, but... Anyway, she's just like, oh, no, no, no. This is like the fucking devil's work. And <laughs> like takes it away. Let's <laughs> be playing with this stuff. That gives Abuela old or something. Yeah. So she takes the game away from them. And Jesse says she thinks it's bad. And she's right. She's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't mess with Abuela. She knows her shit. <laughs> we cut to the middle of the night. Jesse wakes up to the dog barking and growling at the door, the front door that's wide open. Jesse goes to check it out. Then he closes and locks the door. But then the door opens again. It's Jesse's dad. And he's like mad at him because he put the chain on. 
and confirms Jesse that he wasn't the one that had first opened the door. Like he's just coming home from work. Like that's the end of that scene. Yeah, no, he was like, how would I do this? The chain was on. I wouldn't have been able to come in or something like that. You know, something logical like that. Exactly. Then we cut to daytime at a taco stand. They're daring Hector to eat habaneros. And then he starts freaking out how, how spicy they are. And he's like, I won the bet. Give me the money. And just and like, give me my 20 bucks. And Jesse's like, I never said 20. It's $2. And I'm like, fucking stupid Hector, man. Man, poor him. He's that one friend that you just make fun of the whole time. Yeah. I would feel bad for him, but I don't. Exactly. Jesse's telling Marisol and Hector about uh, Chavo growling at the door and like how it was open whatever Marisol says maybe it was Oscar and that he was there looking for the footage that they took of him escaping from Anna's house Jesse says that no it felt like there was something around him in his house Hector asked if it's El Cusi I think is what they said oh yeah basically it's like the boogeyman okay in my world it was Cuco but like yeah. Cuco maybe I, I my, you know my horrible scribbled notes plus it's not in English so but they said they said like kukui. They said it's something different. Yeah. That's what they're talking about. They basically said baby was the boogeyman, which I guess they're right. Man, in theory. But his name is Toby. <laughs> yes, his name is Toby. Yes. Get it right. Anyways. <laughs> I keep, I'm having roots. That gave me roots flashbacks. Your name is Toby. Just like No, because like the first Toby I ever knew was from The Shining and like the boy that lived in Danny's mouth. So that's always what I think of. It's funny because I watched the TV movie Shining before I watched the movie movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was Tony. Well, in the movie. That one was Tony. I thought it was Toby. Uh Maybe I'm wrong all these years. Yeah, because I always thought it was Tony. That's why I was confused before. He was like, shiny rowers. I'm like, I don't get it, but whatever. No, it is Tony. Ah! <laughs> My entire life, I thought it was Toby. I blame the child and his inaccurate ways of speaking. <laughs> yes, yes, blame the victim. Oh, look at you. It sounds like he says Toby for the whole movie. I swear to God. You know that? I thought it was Tony, but eh, whatever. Just gonna... It sounds like Toby to me. Oh, well. Uh, Jesse's then asking them if they have ever felt like there was something watching them and then to end the scene Hector Shartz that's it (laughs) oh he says he does yeah and that was the scene added for our version yay (laughs) whoa we we really (laughs) needed that we really did, yes. It brings the whole movie together. It really does, especially that ending. Um, we then cut to Abuela. She is cleaning everything with vinegar uh, all over the house to protect it. And the sister suit's like freaking out. That's why I think she lives there. Because she's like, she put it all over my bureau. Oh, yeah. and, well, that is a callback to part two when um, the maid, Marta, is it Marta? Oh, I forget her name. Maria. It's with an M. I just know it was an Do M. Do I have to her? pull the old notebook off of the shelf? No, no, we leave the we leave old notebooks on the shelves. We don't bring them back. That's it. Those days are over. Uh, we, we look forward. We don't look back. I can't remember her name at all. But anyway, so vinegar all over the house, and the sister complains, and Jesse's like, "Just let her do it. It makes her feel good. Whatever." We then cut to Jesse and Hector on a bike, and then they're playing some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in their neighborhood. <laughs> And they do, actually. <laughs> yeah. I started writing that joke before the guys came up and I was like, oh, wait, what? So yeah, two guys come and harass them as they're at the vending machine and they're asking for Jesse's backpack. And he's like, no, there's nothing in my backpack, man. And then like, they just start beating on Jesse. I've seen that happen just like that many times in my youth. That's sad. But anyways. Yes. <laughs> Jesse throws one punch and the guy goes flying into the vending machine. And the other guy who he didn't even touch goes flying like 40 feet into the table. Then they get up and they run, which is the right move. Yeah. H- Hector tells Jesse that they've got to run and that they're leaving the bike. 
The next day, they're reviewing the footage and Marisol with Marisol, sorry. And Jesse's saying that he doesn't know how he threw the guys. He barely touched them. And he doesn't even remember any of that happening. We then cut to them playing with the Simon game again. And they're asking, is anybody there? We get a green. Did you mess with those guys up at the park? Green. Are you my guardian angel? Red. Are you good? Nothing. Because he's bad. Bad. But he just won't say it. Or maybe he's neutral and we just don't know that yet. <laughs> he's like, hey, I help ladies get pregnant. <laughs> I also murder people. Whatever. Yeah, you know, you take the good, you take the bad. <laughs> the next day, Jesse is super excited and tells Hector to film him. He then falls back into a trust fall and an invisible force holds him up. He then tries it again from a greater height from standing on a chair. And I noted, my auntie used to have those chairs. <laughs> he does it from the greater height. And once again, he's caught by an invisible force. And then Hector's like, yo, bro, I'm going to try it because it's going to do the same for me. No, Hector. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's really not. I don't know why you would think it would do the same for you, but OK. And why you would start with the chair and not just like a low ball one. But anyway. <laughs> It's a very Hector thing to do. It is. Hector falls and hurts himself because, you know, that's what he does. Because, <laughs> like, of course, of course he did. Jesse then starts doing jumps with his skateboard and, like, he's practically flying. And I wrote, okay, Tony Alva. Isn't it Tony Hawk? Um, Alva was the first one. Oh, okay. So, like, there's, like, three guys that, like, really started the skateboarding trend. Uh, Stacy Peralta, Tony Alva, and I can't remember last guy's name right now. Tony Hawk, like the guy, like, oh, you're going like longboard guy. Yeah, like the the Lords of Dogtown guys. Ah, those guys, yeah. So is it Tony or Toby Alva? <laughs> that one's Tony, okay? <laughs> Are we sure? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> then Jesse blows up an air mattress with one breath, and I'm like, what is making them try these very specific things? <laughs> like, I would not think, like, oh, it seems like I have superpowers. You know what I should try? Blowing up this air mattress. They then post it all to YouTube, but nobody, like everyone in the comment section doesn't believe them. They're like, oh, look at this Photoshop. They're like, no, we did it for real. It's like the dead from part four. Like, wow, you guys are great with your CGI. <laughs> That's so neat. So neat, you kids. Ah, man, I don't understand how you guys do this stuff, man. You guys are so great. <sighs> Golly gee. Golly gee whiz. <laughs> We cut to night and Hector is driving and Jesse's asking why he has a baseball back in the backseat. And he says that he has it because a homeless person attacked him at a gas station. They then see a party like happening from the street. So they decide to go and crash it. And it's full of like what looks like the gang members that tried to harass them before for the camera. But apparently now they're totally cool with them crashing a party and filming them. I think the movie only has the same like three guys play gang members. Yeah, like really and truly it kept on looking like the same actors. And I'm like, am I being racist or... <laughs> No, I just think that because one of them has a very distinctive look. Yes, exactly. So, so they just didn't use the guy's brother because he's actually a named character. But like for the nondescript gang members in the background, they use the same other like two or three guys. And that's it. Jesse then goes and asks the girl for a kiss on the cheek and then like smoothly like kisses her instead. And then Hector asks for a kiss on his dick. Ah, uh, he's, he's, he's a sweet talker, that one. Yeah. He's like, yeah, can I get a kiss on my cheek too? It's located just above my testicles. <laughs> they then continue to party with girls and then decide to take them home. And they're like, oh, we can't go into Jesse's apartment because Abuela is there and Hector has a million people at his house. So where do they go, Jeff? Let's go to Anna's apartment, the active murder scene where I live in <laughs> over because, well, this one, I, as, as a guy that was 17 once, mm -hmm. you're not thinking with your head. <laughs> you are, but just not the right head. <laughs> okay, not the right one, at least. So this one, I, I can justify it in my brain because, listen, I, I want this to happen. I'd rather not do it here, but you know what? It's either this or nothing, so here we go. Yeah, I did understand it this one time, too. Because this one time. 
This one time. But what I didn't understand was when they tell the girls that like someone got murdered there and then like the girl's just like, oh, I'm so down to get fucked hard here. It's like, well, well that's the part. I got nothing on that part. But that's on the girls, I guess. Yeah, I'm very concerned about Penelope. But anyways, I mean, I don't want to slut shame, but I don't think murder is a turn on for me. So it wouldn't be slut It'd be like kink shaming at that point, right? Yeah, I guess. <sighs> what do you call it? Oh, yeah. So then Jesse convinces Hector to take the friend somewhere. And then Penelope decides that she wants to make a sex tape with Jesse and she wants to get fucked hard. But then she asks him if he has a condom. He's like, uh, I need to go get one and runs away and leaves her there. So she's there alone. And then she starts hearing some weird noises and creaking and thudding. And then something moving underneath the floor. And that's when she finds a trap door and opens it. And then a hand shoots out and grabs her by the head and tries to pull her in. She then runs and Oscar crawls out and walks away. Yeah, so something actually happened. Because they immediately reveal it's Oscar wasn't scary to me. I'm like, mm. uh, it's Oscar. Cool. <laughs> You saw actual hands. So I'm like, oh, wait, is actually a person there? Or like, I get to see, see actual Toby or something. <laughs> but no, it's just Oscar. So then Jesse comes back and he's saying, what the fuck is she talking about? Goes looking through the apartment and then he thinks that Hector is playing a trick on him. He checks the shower, but there's nothing. And then as he turns around, Oscar's behind him with black eyes. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, not looking good at all. Not looking good at all. He says, she put it inside of me. That's why I killed Anna. She changed me. And it's inside you too, isn't it, Jesse? You have the same mark. Oscar rolls up his sleeve and shows a bite mark on his arm. And then there's like things crawling underneath his skin as well. He says, the only way to stop it is to kill yourself. Kill yourself before you hurt someone, Jesse. Then Abuela comes downstairs into the unit for some reason. She heard stuff, a commotion, maybe. I don't know. But Oscar runs out and then Jesse runs out after him and tells Hector to call the cops. And he's like, why? Why call the cops? And he's like, it was Oscar. Oscar was there. And then Oscar jumps from the church's roof and like into a car and kills himself. As he said, it's the only thing you had to do because mm -hmm. it's inside you. <laughs> now all I can think of is forgetting Sarah Marshall. Inside you, inside you. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in forever. It used to be my like feel good movie. Whenever I was upset, like a friend would like come over and be like, we'll watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall and it'll all be better. And I'm like, yes, yes, it will. <laughs> so we cut to Marisol, Jesse and Hector reviewing the footage and they break back into Anna's go into the trap door. Jesse tells Hector to close the door behind them because they aren't supposed to be down there. There's tons of plastic sheeting and then they find an altar with pictures of Jesse. There is pictures of him currently, pictures of him as baby and pictures of his mom pregnant with him standing with Anna and Grandma Lois, that's Katie and Christie's grandma, and it's dated November 3rd, 1994. There's another picture of Oscar on the altar, and there's the Deathly Hallow as well, uh, Deathly Hallows as well as other symbols carved into the altar. They begin to hear footsteps above them and a dragging noise. They go back through the plastic, but then someone opens the trapdoor and starts coming down. But okay, so they can see the silhouette of this person through the trapdoor, but the light's yeah. on their side, right? Why can't this person see all of them? Um, the person's blind. <laughs> <laughs> just like they're like holding their breath and shit like so that they won't find them but they can see them why can't it go the opposite yeah. way I, whatever by this point in the movie i'm like what i'm just whatevering <laughs> so hard by this point that's fair um the person heads back upstairs and closes the door we hear their footsteps retreat and then a do another door closing upstairs 
So then Hector heads back up and out the trap door, but he sees a woman in black is still in the apartment. Then he sees her leave and they head out. Jesse then shows the photo of his mom, Anna, and Lois to sister and his dad. And he's saying that mom died giving birth to him. Since Anna used to do rituals on pregnant ladies, what if Anna did something to mom and that's why she died? And his dad's just like, girl, no, stop. Which is the dad thing to say. Like, come on, man. Relax. We then cut to Jesse in the bathroom pulling a string out of his eye. Is that what I thought? It looked it looked like string. I was like, it could be string, it could be hair. Yeah, I didn't quite get it. He pulls out multiple strands, uh, then the lights start flickering, and his dad's like, Are you okay, buddy? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And then pulls another string out of another eye. Just then we cut to the day. Marisol and Hector are in the car, and Marisol says, Oscar's brother is a serious gangster. How is he gonna help? We then see Jesse come out of the house with Oscar's brother, and he waves for the gang to come and join him. The brother's name is Arturo, but I didn't know that for half my notes. So he's just like older brother a lot. But anyways, so the brother is letting them in, but tells them not to touch anything in there because his mom is having a really hard time and she doesn't want anyone to move Oscar's stuff. Makes sense. Yeah. uh, The brother says that he noticed Oscar was acting different about a month ago. He got real quiet and stayed in his room all night, which is like, don't most people stay in the room all night? Maybe not in that house. True. Okay. Maybe he meant all evening. And like when I heard all night, I just like thought like, while you're sleeping. And I'm like, yes, this makes sense. Maybe he was like a big partier and just listen, he was out partying all night, but then he all of a sudden stopped. He was a valedictorian. You think he was a big partier? Could have been, hey, maybe he's one of those guys that just like party all the time and just... Work hard, play hard, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he was dying to because like his brother threatened all the teachers and then they just gave him the kids. We don't know. Oscar started acting crazy with his mom and breaking shit in the house. The brother shows them Oscar's closet and it's covered with missing kids photos, articles about demonologists, pentagrams, the Deathly Howl symbol... He says that all the kids are missing from all over the world and they're all firstborn boys, like baby firstborn boys. The brother says he he was the firstborn in the family, but Oscar was actually adopted. His mom died at birth. Oh, Hector points out at this point that isn't that the same thing that happened with you, Jesse? And Jesse's like, fuck off, man. Shut up. Man, shit, I do me. We don't. Which I don't know why he freaks out over this. Not for nothing. He just saying, oh, your mom died in a good childbirth too. He's like, stop talking about this. I don't want to hear it. You know? Yeah, I think he just doesn't want to be compared to like what's happening with Oscar because he's scared at this point. That's the only thing I can think of. Marcel points out the picture of Allie that's on the wall. And she's reminder the daughter of Daniel from Paranormal Activity 2. There's an article titled Married Couple Found Murdered, Son Missing. She's reading it and saying, isn't Carlsbad near here? And they're like, yeah, it is near here. There's a note with Allie's name and phone number on it tacked to the article. Jesse starts freaking out and says that they've got to go. They've got to go right now. And they all start leaving. But Hector kind of stays behind for a moment and steals Allie's phone number off of the door. We then cut to Jesse and Hector shopping. And Hector is asking Jesse why he freaked out. Is it because everything that happened with Oscar is happening to him too? Or has happened to him too. Jesse then is like, back the fuck off. I don't want to talk about this. And then he sees from across the store that Marisol is talking to some guy and he like immediately goes over to start shit. For no reason. Like, I don't even know what to say about this part. It's just. Yeah, it doesn't do anything to forward the plot. That Like, it just doesn't like other than like, oh, Jesse's aggressive for no reason. He's like, Who, is this guy bothering you? And Marisol is like, no, I go to high school with him. He's my friend. And then Jesse like pushes him over and like punches him like whatever. And then the shopkeeper comes out with a baseball bat and is like, get out of my store. And then Jesse starts like fighting with the owner as well, takes the bat from him 
And the owner is like, I'm calling the cops. And then Hector's like, we need you to fucking run. Run, Jesse. It's very pointless is what it is. Yeah, there's a lot of pointless points in this movie. <laughs> the next day, Jesse says that he doesn't remember last night. Like, he couldn't control himself and he keeps feeling like he's losing time. He says at first it was cool that he had these new abilities or whatever, but now it's not cool anymore. And I'd like to share the new abilities. Don't really play into the movie past that one first part when they were playing around with them. Exactly. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But oh well, okay. They try the Simon game again. He says, Is there something you want from me? It turns green. And he says, I want you to leave me alone. It turns red. He says, I said, leave me alone. It turns red. He says, just leave me alone now. And then like, it just holds on red with like the tone going and Jesse has to take out the batteries for it to stop. He's a very terrible ghost even use it to work on batteries. What a demon. <laughs> yeah. You can't just power things on your own demon. Come on now. Come on, demon. What a Toby. <laughs> Damn it, I'm so upset that the shiny thing is My entire life is a lie. Anyway. Uh, okay, so we cut to Jesse watching TV. He hears Chavo growling and he goes and finds the front doors open again. He goes down to Ava's sorry, he goes down to Anna's apartment and finds Chavo, or at least hears him. He's barking and he's in the basement under the trapdoor. He then starts whining as if he's in pain. Jesse goes after him and he goes downstairs and he finds two little girls with black eyes. And these are the two little girls that we think are Christy and Katie, but it's such a quick shot that we're not exactly sure. Yeah, there's no way to know, but they look about the right size, you know, like height wise and stuff. Uh, age range. Yeah. Then the trap door closes behind him. We hear giggling and then we hear he's ready for you. Um, a figure lunges at him from behind the plastic and we hear growling that's animalistic. Jesse screams and then drops the camera and the feed cuts. And this is the possession part like it happens in every of these movies. You know, usually in the basement or in a bathtub as in the last one. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a bathtub. I'm like, wait, what? Bathtub? Yeah. And Jesse's basically gone after this one. He is no longer himself. He is Toby. Yes. Or 20. God damn it. <laughs> Hector goes to Jesse's room and he finds Meus written on the wall, which in blood, which means my. What does it? Oh, okay. It's Latin for my. Jesse is dressed in black and ignoring Hector. Hector says, why are you ignoring me? We're best friends. And then Jesse says, we're not best friends. Okay, don't you get it? He then grabs the camera and starts filming Hector in like a very uncomfortable way. Then Jesse gives Hector the camera and says that he doesn't need it anymore. You take it. Maybe the camera can be your new best friend. I'm like, this is like such a really lame bromance breakup. <laughs> it is because he doesn't say anything that hurtful to you. Yeah. As you would think. It's just ridiculous. But anyways, Marisol is saying that Jesse didn't talk to her either. Hector then goes and calls Allie. It cuts to a meeting of them in the park, meeting up with Allie. She shows them a picture of the Deathly Hallows. Oh, sorry. They say, yeah, that was in Oscar's room. And <laughs> this is where I'm like, like you didn't tape it out on a floor in a church and have a ritual with it. No, no, we're not going to associate that with anything other than Oscar's room. Sure. Sure, kids. Sure. Let's go with it. Come on. There's so many things you do every day. You know, some things just slip your mind. <laughs> Especially when it's satanic rituals, you know, like I just happen so often that I forget. Yeah, just another random Thursday. Just kind of the way it goes. Allie says that it's the sign of the midwives and that they're a coven. The midwives will mark. Yeah. The midwives will mark an unborn male in utero. Then they wait for the baby to mature until he's ready to be possessed. Marisol asks... Is that uh, Nirvana? Who was the album? Yeah, that is Nirvana's Nirvana final album. Yeah. Okay. So Kurt Cobain's in the movie? <laughs> 
apparently Kurt just like had this like really weird obsession with birth and like motherhood and he used to like own all these weird creepy baby dolls and like I don't know the cover of the first album was like the underwater baby going for the dollar or whatever it was Kurt was a strange man if you haven't read Heavier Than Heaven I highly recommend it it's a really interesting biography but anyways Marisol asks if Jesse was marked at birth why would the demon come now and try to possess him and I'm like bitch did she not just say he waits till they're mature did she not just say other things in her mind (sighs) why is everyone so stupid in this movie (laughs) Uh, that uh, we should answer for that one Allie says she assumes Jesse and Oscar are 18. Then she writes 666 on the page. And as Jeff explained to me, it's because 18 divides three like into six three times. Yeah, I didn't catch that because I'm not a math person. And I clearly missed a line if she said that. And I was just like, why is she writing this on a page? I don't even think she says it. She just shows it. 666. I'm like, oh, three times six is 18. His age. You're not that cool anyway. Still not. <laughs> Jeff writes a new song and instead of nobody likes you when you're 23 it's nobody likes you when you're 18 (laughs) Uh, okay she says this transformation is like when you have an infection in your body so he's fighting it off they'll perform a final ritual and then he'll go back to normal but he won't be Jesse anymore and I have a question because apparently as they do in every movie this is new because I thought the quote unquote final ritual was like possession in the basement thing when you're yourself but you're not yourself thing but apparently there's something else after that they haven't ever shown. I guess. And also the whole, it waits until you're mature thing. Well, then why was Hunter possessed in the last, what? Yeah, why was the demon hardcore after Hunter? Was Or is it is it the birth thing? Because apparently they didn't, I think Christy would have remembered if they marked her Deathly Hallows belly before she had Hunter. I was also going to say that. I'm like, did they mark Hunter? Or it's just because he's the firstborn male for the family in however many generations. Like, they have so many different rules and they're all mixing up and not making sense together. And I don't, I don't know. Because was it Hunter because it was to clear up a debt because of that? Because of, oh, you, you, we, you want a fame and fortune, great, great, great grandma. So we're doing this now. Is it, was it that? Or was it because he was marked at birth, but then he's not 18 when he starts getting like chased or whatever. And then it doesn't even get him. It goes for Christy, the whole dang movie anyway. And Paranormal Activity 4, he does get possessed. But I guess he's six. So that's just like one six. So that's, that's good. They're just going to possess two other kids that are six. I screwed. It's just close enough. Yeah, that's, uh, what, that's what the next one's about. Because they already had going to have Hunter. They're going to have Gary, uh, uh, Michael. Um, do you mean Robbie Zebulon. or are you just making Robbie, new yeah, names? Robbie. <laughs> no, oh, I meant Robbie. But yes, I was also making new names. Yeah, they have Robbie. They have they have Hunter. So now they need a third one to make 18. Apparently. Oh, Lord. Yeah, Jesse's going to go back in time and he, to when he's six and then he'll show up again. Okay, but anyways, we cut to scene. Hunter, not Hunter, Hector knocks on Jesse's door and Abuelo opens the door. She's speaking super fast in Spanish. She's distressed, clearly. Not sure what she's saying, but... Because she's Spanish, she knows that her grandson is possessed. Uh, pretty much. You know, just that Spanish intuition. Yeah, which makes me upset. I'm like, because in the first one, no. In the second one, no. Yeah, the second, second one. one. Um, It was the maid mm-hmm. because she's Spanish, so of course she knew he was possessed. There was, there was a there was bad juju in the house and 
now it's the old grandma that of course because she's Spanish also knows that uh, the grandson's possessed we have to go to the Santeria guy to get this thing cleared up right now Jesse is in his bedroom and he's staring up at the ceiling and laughing hysterically and then it's revealed that poor Chavo is up on the ceiling and like being held by an invisible force and just like struggling and he's crying and I'm like baby don't do this to the puppy unacceptable but Hector and the only good thing he does in the movie well maybe not the only but one of the only good things he does in the movie he tries to save Chavo yes that's that's. I think he fails but he tries but he does try it and you know good job Hector but so we can do. I hate any sort of animal abuse scene even if it's just like a dog whining because it's trapped somewhere I don't care I had to like go hug my little fan and be like I love you because <laughs> <laughs> the bright side was not like he was beating up the dog it was like yeah. holding him down against the ceiling Ugh. I guess I told you I watched Lost Exorcism this week as well and there's a scene where she brutally murders a cat and I was not happy unacceptable and very, I saw the movie very very long time ago it was a very bad movie but anyway <laughs> As I said, I do remember that. I was even more bored than I was with this movie, probably because I wasn't having to write notes. So, like, I could really just like space out and be like, oh, "What the fuck is happening here?" It's very boring. Until the last ten minutes, that were actually comical. I was just to see like spoiler alerts, um, but yeah, to see the priest like he's dressed up in like satanic robes and being like, "Ah, demon raising," <laughs> but like he's I forgot all about that. He's so over dramatic doing it, and it's just <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Oh, geez. Last sexism. Oh, so, so horrible. As my friend said, who I was watching with, she's like, it's rated PG-13. What did you expect? And I'm like, hey, the ring was PG-13 and at least it was decent. I was born in the ring too, also. See, I like the ring because it was like trying to solve a mystery the first time that you watch it, right? Because I had never seen Ringu, so I had... I hadn't seen it at the time. Yeah, I had no idea about any of this. So I'm like, ooh, let's like put together the mystery. I like that generally. And it's creepy. Hmm. And then I was afraid of my TV for a few weeks. But anyways, <laughs> we cut to Abuela and oh sorry give me the name of the shop again oh oh, no no it's called a botanica there we go so she says that Jesse has bad spirit in him and he needs cleansing. And so he shows her this ritual with eggs and then Abuela goes home and she tries to do the ritual with the egg at home with Jesse. She's rubbing the egg all over him. And then he grabs Abuela's hand and cracks the egg and blood just like covers her arm from the egg. So clearly he's full of evil. He's the evil has infected the egg, but it's still in him too. But he gets like, doesn't he get like a little bit better after that, but then gets way worse again? Yeah. Like, he starts trying to fight it, I guess. So basically, Jesse falls forward onto the ground at this point, and he's screaming. And then the lights start, like, flickering, the apartment's shaking, and then all the lights turn out. And then Hector changes the camera to night vision so he can see Jesse's gone from the floor. They're all scared. And then the wall starts collapsing in on itself as if it's opening a portal. And then there's this like bright light and a quick cut. And Jesse is now floating in the center of the living room. The lights are on and objects are flying all around him. They all run away to hide in Abuela's room. And Hector then opens the door and tells them to stay once like there's no more sound. He goes out into the living room and it's trash. Jesse is passed out on in the middle of the living room floor and the tv is flickering hector tries to wake jesse up and marisol checks if it's safe to come out and then comes out abuela puts jesse to bed then in the morning cut to abuela untucking jesse from bed he seems like he's ill with a fever 
and she's running a bath for him. Hector then hears a thud and he calls out for Abuela, but then she's not there. He hears another loud thud. He turns and Jesse's gone from the bed, but there was nowhere for him to go because like Hector was standing by the doorway. He goes and starts searching through the apartment. He turns off the tub and then he goes out the open door. He looks out into the courtyard and then turns around and he sees Jesse is standing at the top of the stairs that are outside and his back is turned to him. As he approaches, he sees that down the stairs, Abuela has been knocked down the stairs and she's at the bottom bleeding out. He runs down the stairs and he's just screaming that they need to call a cop. We then cut to Hector and Marisol at Jesse's house and Hector is saying that he went to call 911 and then Jesse was gone. He has no idea where he went. Jesse's sister says that Abuela is in ICU and she needs to go and be with her dad at the hospital. Which that fall would have killed her, I think. Absolutely. I My original note was Abuela's dead. And then I had to edit it. Because <laughs> it was a pretty long fall into concrete. And she is not the youngest. And yeah. I would have killed a younger person. And there was a giant pool of blood. Like, we cut to Marisol uh, calling Allie. Allie tells them where to find Jesse. She says that there's this house where they do the final ritual. Hector then says that they should call the cops. Marisol says, and tell them what? And I'm like, I'm with Hector. Like, tell them that a dude that just attempted to murder his grandma is there. Like, there's so much you could say. Just uh, leave, leave out the whole demon possessed part, but I'm sure you can work, you can work the rest of it. In. Yeah, exactly. So then we cut to Hector driving and saying that he's going to the hospital to show the footage to Jesse's dad. And Mar- Marisol's like, what is Jesse's dad going to do about it? Like, this is a stupid idea. And then Hector goes car just like dies. And then the radio goes berserk and they see Jesse standing ominously at the end of the street. Their car doors won't open and Jesse walks towards them. Then he just disappears. They hear thudding and the sound of someone's hand dragging along the car. Suddenly, Jesse is outside of Hector's window. He breaks the glass and then opens the door and grabs Hector, pulling him out of the car. He starts trying to strangle him. Marisol then somehow gets out of the car. I guess the locks work now and hits him in the head with that baseball bat that Hector had in his backseat for homeless people because, you know. And knocks Jesse the hell out. That yeah, is. knocks him right out. We then cut to them driving off with Jesse in the backseat. Marisol is crying, saying that he's not moving. His eyes are black. Then a truck T-bones them and they go and open up the door and take Jesse. Then see them. They go to Oscar's house looking for his big brother and saying that they need his help. Arturo, as I find out his name is, drives them to the house that Ali gave them the address for. And they arm themselves with guns and start to sneak in. And then this is where we figure out that this is the same house from Paranormal Activity 3. It's Grandma Lois's place. All the doors are locked except for the garage. And like as Hector decides to go look in the garage, the nameless gangster friend of Atoro is picking the lock to the back door. They come super duper armed to this house. Yeah. With a shotgun. <laughs> they're, they, they are not playing around. These guys, they're, they're here for business. Yeah, they are armed to the nines, but whatever. Um, every, someone has to be at 11 always, right? <laughs> well, but hey, this one was justified. Yeah, I mean, still didn't help them in that. But anyways... <laughs> No, not a little, but still, it helped him a little bit. Yeah. So Hector opens the garage door and it's pitch black in there and he turns on the light and, you know, based on what happened in Paranormal Activity 3, we expect there's a coven meeting in there, but there's not. It's just an empty garage. But they, they barely walk into the garage. So he walks like a little bit. I mean, there's more to see, but they, he just turns around. Yeah, he looks into like a couple corners and then it's like, peace. 
they then go and they check out there's stables on the property that we had never seen before. And it looks like somebody has been... They are rich. Yeah, it looks like somebody's been, like, cooking and squatting in there. And just as Marisol says that she doesn't think anyone's there, a woman, like, pops up and she's been caged inside the stable. She was wearing all gray. She looks, like, very distressed. Is she asking for help? Like, help me or something? I think so, but... It's very quick. It's so quick and then, like, all this screaming starts, so I wasn't sure what she was saying. Another woman who is dressed in all black and holding a knife charges at a Toro who then blows her away with his shotgun. Like, actually blows her away. Look like Desperado, like he shoots her in the chest with a shotgun, she flies back 30 feet. It's very, very cool. Then another woman in black with a knife charges from the other direction and Arturo shoots her too. Hector and Marisol start running. More women in black slowly come after them. They have to move Arturo's friend's dead body from the doorway to close the door. And here's my thing. Mm-hmm. They're running into the house. Yeah. Which they didn't have to run into the house. Right. They could have run to their car mm-hmm. where they were or where they came from and been able to maybe escape. Yeah, it wasn't their car though, so they would have had to get the keys from a Toro, but still, why wouldn't you run away from the house? Why are you running into the house where these bitches literally came from? And they're going to eventually, I guess, surround the house and whatever. Mm-hmm. And now here we go. And now I just have to mention this just to get this out the way. Mm-hmm. Why are you still recording at this point? Yep. That's always our question by this point. And I should have said it earlier because I thought about it. Not thought about it. I thought about it way earlier. But then right before this part, this whole section, so I'm like, hmm, you're with these two gangbangers armed to the nines to kill people. They would not be letting you record anything at this point. Mm-hmm. These are criminals. They know what they're doing. They have done this before, I would think, based on how comfortable they were with loading these guns and just running into this neighborhood. And they would not want the evidence of of murders being recorded, I would assume. You would assume, but no, they continue to record everything. Yeah. Like, but the footage starts to get really shoddy here to like, as in like, oh, they're distracted and like not filming properly. Sure. But that's just, it's annoying, honestly, because you just feel like you're missing things that are happening and seeing the floor instead. They are able to close the door after moving the body. And then the woman in black starts surrounding the house. Hector finds a pentagram and candles on the floor of the old dining room and the symbols are still on the walls and the painting of the unicorn still like sitting there um, from paranormal activities. It hasn't moved since 1988, apparently. It's just been there. There's also like a weird stick structure that's like by the window. I don't know. Um, And then there's a cow head in the center of the pentagram. Hector calls for Marisol, but she has disappeared. Someone calls his name in a whisper, beckoning him to come. He goes up to the window asking if it's Toro. And then a hand slams against the glass, like partially breaking it. And Hector runs away. He opens the front door, but Lois, Katie and Christy and their children, not like adult Katie and Christy, are dressed in black and are standing on the front porch. He slams the door and locks it and screams for Marisol. A figure of a child is underneath a sheet sitting on the living room windowsill as he runs through the living room, which I was like... Probably Hunter at this point. It's never revealed, but like I was just like, huh, fun callback to Paranormal Activity 3 as well, like child under a sheet. Mm. Ah, yes. Um, And then he goes into an enclosed sunroom and Marisol's dead body breaks through the ceiling. Then a woman in black is behind him and she's saying some sort of like, I think she's saying an enchantment. I couldn't tell what she was saying. Yeah, I couldn't make it out either, but probably. I would, it's an easy guess. <laughs> or a, a 
more likely than not thing that's happening. Yeah. He runs through the house and ends up in the same closet that Dennis and Christy hid in. Uh, then someone tries to open the door, but Hector holds it shut. The person's footsteps are heard retreating and Hector exits the closet. He sees something moving in the living room, then a loud growl as a sheet flies at the camera. And suddenly, Jesse is standing in the middle of the living room. Then he charges at Hector, who runs upstairs. Because that's, that's where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, like, as Sydney Prescott and Scream says, <laughs> that's that's the thing is to go running up the stairs instead of out the front door. I guess out the front door is not really good of a, a good option either. It's yeah. full of coven witches, but yeah. Hector's just screwed at this point. But he still gets away somehow. So he gets into, like, a bedroom, and all the windows are boarded up. He then sees that there are symbols etched into the closet doorframe, and then hears Jesse asking him to open up the door in a normal voice. He tells Jesse, no, go away, and then Jesse starts breaking through the door like Katie did in Paranormal Activity 4. Hector then runs to go hide in the closet, and the camera gets all glitchy for a bit, and then we find that Hector is now in a garage. He's like, what the fuck? He goes inside, and it's Mika and Katie's house from Paranormal Activity 1. Which is weird. He's like standing in their living room. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck? And then he hears heavy footsteps and turns, like, walks through the kitchen and turns to face the staircase. And he sees Katie coming down the stairs, and she's wearing the PJs that she was wearing on the final night of Paranormal Activity 1. Then Because yeah, Hector- she has to wear these in every movie. <laughs> Hector is calling out uh, and he's like, excuse me, hello. And Katie just walks into the kitchen. She goes to get a knife. Hector's like, excuse me, lady, I don't know where I am. Please, I need you to help. And he goes to tap her on the shoulder. She turns around and she looks at him blankly and then just starts screaming for Mika. We then see Mika run down the stairs and run into the kitchen where Katie is no longer standing in the kitchen, but she comes running from behind him and then stabs him to death. Hector runs back to the garage and right into demon face Jesse. The camera falls and then we hear someone picking up the camera and it was really hard to tell who it was, but I think it's That's, Katie. Yeah, that was Katie. Yeah. I, like I freeze framed it and I was like, okay, I think it's Katie. Um, but yeah. she looked blonde, so I got confused. But it's Katie. Maybe it was the darkness and the night vision. and Yeah. So Katie picks it up and turns it off. And that's it. Yes. I like how the movie ended with its the greatest hits of the Paranormal Activity franchise. Yes. But as we said at the beginning, the only redeeming thing of this movie was the ending. But it was not enough to save the entire movie, in my opinion. If you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to us, one, thank you. And two, um, don't sit through it. And just pick it up maybe the last 15-ish minutes. Agreed. That's honestly, you missed nothing. <laughs> yeah, you didn't miss anything. And the last 15 minutes are cool. That, I can't, like, as much as I don't like this movie, I cannot take away the coolness of the last 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Just how they just jump around and you see the house from part two. I mean, three. And then you see the house from part one. And you see Katie, little Katie, little Christy. And just like the way they just like, remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Haha, -ha, movie's over. Jeff, what can we do to fix this movie? Make the last 10 minutes the whole movie. Um, <laughs> would be, would be the, the easy fix to this. Let's see. Yeah, I would. Okay. So like if when they found the tapes, like you said, they watched the tapes and then like it became more of this thing of they ended up doing like research into like what the fuck happened there and then through that ended up bringing Toby into their lives like something more like that instead of just like focusing on these kids doing stupid shit and you could and I get them doing stupid shit because they're 18 year old idiots so I get it mm -hmm. but I would really I would have gone with them breaking in whatever breaking in still finding the tapes watching the tapes and you know what you can still keep Jesse as Mark 
fucked by the demon from birth. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. that kind of, that, that's like a natural way, quote unquote, natural way to bring Toby into the movie. Mm-hmm. Except of them being on the back foot the whole time. They're more on the front foot. Or, you know what you could do? Make the movie about Oscar. It sounds like his story might have been a little bit more interesting than, than uh, <laughs> Jesse. Would have another one. Yeah, he's already adopted. That kind of links into the other movies a little bit more. Um, He might have been, you could say, hey, he was adopted. He was taken from the coven. He was a place here because they thought the demon doesn't like bad neighborhoods. So he wouldn't be haunted here. But he still gets found out and possessed somehow through Anna. You know, that seems like there's more to work with on that one. And they want to connect it back to these original movies. They still can. And keep the ending. The ending's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what I would do. I would have uh, had them watch the tapes or make it um, Oscar story. Make Oscar more integral because he seems to know what's going on. These movies have been messing up by the characters not knowing what's mm-hmm. going on and just making things up as they go along and them having no way to explain it to us what's going on. Having an Oscar there that's gone through what's going on maybe a week earlier or like whatever, like it kind of can inform like, oh, you're possessed too. Or maybe Oscar looks for Jesse. You could kind of keep it quote unquote close to what they have and still make it way better than what than the literally nothing that happens for an hour and a half with 10 minutes of fun at the end. Yep, I completely agree. Anything, anything at all, whether it be more research and more connecting the movies, which honestly I would have appreciated because I'm so fucking lost in this lore. Because <laughs> they're making it up as they go along. There's no lore. <laughs> They change in every movie. Every movie is the lore is different. Or your idea about it being about Oscar. So that once it, like, because either option there, just like, it's going to make us more informed, which would be more interesting than just watching him blow up a mattress in one breath. Why? Cool effect. It's not scary. It's not interesting. It's just dumb. And Marasol's a pointless character. She does nothing. She doesn't contribute and she does nothing. The entire movie. She painted a mirror black. Okay. (laughs) Because at least Hector holds the camera. Yeah, uh. At least we have that. But, you know, but Mar- what does Marisol do? All movie. Besides painting. She, she's very good with a, with a roll of duct tape. That was very well made. Um, <laughs> definitely high little symbol on the ground in that church. Yeah, that circle was very impressive. It was. It was very round. It, was, you know, it looks like she's practiced that. She is not, This was not her first rodeo. She had done these circles on the ground with duct tape before. Why? No idea. Definitely was not stagehands that just did it and she put the last piece down. No, it was all her. Definitely not. No, yeah. Nope. Well, of course, Come on, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I believe. She had to string, you know, with the with the nail or something to keep, <laughs> get that perfect circle. She did the whole thing. Right? She had that. Oh, man. All right. What would you rate this one? I think I'm staying pat with three. That last 10 minutes, man. If it wasn't for that last 10 minutes, because the whole last 10 minutes was so cool to watch. They did that. It doesn't deserve to be in this movie. They didn't earn the last 10 minutes. They gave it to me, which is awesome because you gave me something that I actually like. But, man. I completely agree. Like, I, at first, I was like, this movie's going to be a two for me. But then the last 10 minutes happened. I'm like, okay, fine. We will bump you up to. Exactly. It, it would have been a two. It would have been a two. But man, no, that that's ten minutes, man. That was. I'm like, oh, look the house. Oh, look the other house. Oh, look, it's Katie. I mean, Chris. If no one cares about Katie. Oh, that's <laughs> no, other way around. <laughs> I got it. Man, I was. What what is it with me in this series of movies where like people's names just vanish from my brain? It's because no one had a name and saw, and I just gave them nicknames. So now you're like, wait, I have to remember names instead of ridiculous nicknames. <laughs> so yeah, because Detective Donnie wasn't his name. Detective Izzy wasn't her name. <laughs> Yeah, Jake saw. Yeah, that was his name. I mean, not really. His name was actually. Why can't I think of Jigsaw's name right now? <laughs> Some John. John his Kramer. Name is John Kramer. His name is John Kramer. Wasn't that interesting? But still, you know, yeah, Sing and Tap. We usually called them Sing and Tap. Yes. But this movie, man, nobody. Like Christy and Katie, and you know, it's all. I remember Mika. 
because you pronounce because because they, they pronounce Micah wrong. So I remember me, and that's that's the one I remember. That brings this series so far to thirty nine percent from our rating. Can this series be saved? Will Ghost Dimension be the one? Please to turn things around. May it explain some fucking things to us, because at this point I don't know what's happening. Looking at the cast list, I have a feeling it might. Is uh, screw it. Because uh, looking at the cast list, there is a character in the movie that plays Toby. Oh, okay. There's an actor that plays Toby. So Are you sure that his name's not Tony. It might be. I'll look. Though. I'll have to recheck <laughs> again. It's Toby, so maybe. Maybe we will finally get some explanations from the mouth of Toby himself. And Christine Katie come back. Baby Christine, baby Katie, they come back in this movie. Oh, excellent. Which I have no idea how they were even in this movie because it took place in 2011. Because Christine Katie a, in 1988. the time traveling through doors to unholy places. But they haven't. They they said it once, and they, it, it sh- I guess he tried to travel to 2007 to the night of the murder. Man, they could have worked that time travel portal thing way better. Where's Doc Brown? I need Doc Brown to show up here. Where's the line? <laughs> I, need, I need this or Bill and Ted. I'll go Bill and Ted. They Bill and Ted. Me. They're just gonna come in their phone booth and be like, "This is how. This is our doorway." What <laughs> <laughs> is any Bill and and or Ted to show up and show this? Show me this, because man, this is ridiculous. Oh, oh Lord. Well, next week, as we mentioned, we're gonna be watching Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimension, which is the final movie in this franchise. Thank God. <laughs> and I hope they don't revive this franchise because I don't want to revisit this. Yeah, I am so sorry for picking this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the last movie somehow makes it worth it, but I'm so- the third movie was good and thus I thought that other movies were good, but I was sorely mistaken. Third movie was good. By far and away, best one of the bunch, but man, the rest of these movies. Whew. It's brutal. But hey, maybe we're wrong. Maybe some people really like it out there. So let us know. You can connect with us on Facebook at Series of Horrors. Wait, no, it's Series of Horrors Podcast. There you go. You can connect with us there at Facebook or on Instagram at the same title. Yeah, or if you want to reach out to us personally because you want to want it to be publicly known how much you like these movies, I totally understand. You can just reach out to us, send us a little note or an email or something. Um, also, movie suggestions. Just want to say hi. Um, also, seriesofhorrors at gmail.com. Also, I would like to ask if you can, if you like what we're doing, if you think other people like what we're doing, let them know. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. It'd be great if you could leave us a five-star review on whatever you review us or listen to us on if you can. You know, get the word out there, get us up the charts a little bit, you know, get make us make, you know, make this franchise thing a thing. That'd be cool. You know? Yes. And otherwise, we hope to see you next week. Yes. Hope to hope to see you next week. And you get, you get a whole week to watch Ghost Dimension. It might take uh, you a whole week if you're like me and you pause constantly, A, because you're writing your notes or B, because you're bored and would much rather be cleaning your house. <laughs> Yeah, it t- yeah, it took me a little while to watch this movie. I paused it, I think, three times. And I fast-forwarded a little bit through one part. But Don't blame you. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> I didn't, because I heard the part. Like, no, nothing happened. It was, uh... But anyway, but anyway, have a great week. See you guys next week. Thank you guys for everything. Bye now. Bye.